Once again, the Jewish News Syndicate is a reader-supported U.S. 501c3 nonprofit organization. Check them out, sign up for the daily newsletter, and consider making a donation at gns.org. And if anybody, Alex, deserves money, along with one Israel fund, it's you guys. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sid. We're, we're glad to have you here. It's amazing meeting you. I mean, I remember that first phone call that Monday morning. I heard you on with Noam early. And I said, Noam, who was that guy? And I had just spent that whole Sunday literally in tears. I said, oh, his name is Alex. He works in, get him on. And you came on that Monday, October the 9th. And again, I heard rocket fire in the background. And you were shaking, man. Your voice was trembling. And of course you were. And you've been coming on religiously since, probably 20 or 25 times. And to see you in person, very handsome, by the way, very handsome. You are a super guy. Thank you so much. Well, I know that the show is called Sit and Friends, and I'm glad to have become a friend. Oh, you're a very, very good friend. I have some friends that are just friends. You're a very good friend. So thank you for all you did before I got here and certainly for all you've done since. How's it been having me and Justin here before? It's been a ton of fun. And and congratulations to you. I mean, I think it was very brave of you to come out here. You said on the show, we were on the show together, you said, i got to take the show out to Jerusalem. And you did it, you know, and I think that's been been so important, not just for you personally, and I know that uh, this trip has touched you personally yes. on a deep soul level, but uh, I think that that's being communicated to all of your listeners uh, in New York and beyond, and I, I think that you've done a tremendous, tremendous thing by being uh, here, so you. thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. And you're a New York guy. I just read your history from Canarsie to uh, New Jersey to Washington Heights to Forest Hills. How long have you lived now here in Israel? Uh, 19 years. 19 years. And I said earlier in this program, all the people that Lady Eve was on earlier, she's from Los Angeles. I had a woman in here a couple of days ago from Chicago. All these people that did live in the United States, and by the way, still say nice things, not about Biden, they love Trump, about the United States. Not one has said to me, man, I miss it. Everyone says, I wouldn't leave this place if they blew it up. I'm not leaving Israel. Something tells me you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. I think that we're doing something for our people. You know, that, you know, my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. Oh, they were. And, uh, you know, that they were liberated from death camps. And the idea that today a Jewish person can fight for their land, like if, if my grandparents and their great-grandparents could see me now raising my children here in the holy city of Jerusalem, I mean, what a dream uh, for generation after generation of Jews to be able to do that. And, and I'm so, so pleased and proud to be able to, to, to raise my kids here. Well said. Five beautiful kids. But you have a New York history. So when you put me on, which you do occasionally from Israel, and you hear me talking about a rally in Bay Ridge, you know Bay Ridge, you can see, boy, 5,000 strong. Or when I try to go to the airport last Saturday after Shabbos, and I'm getting warnings, Sid, go early because they're blocking the entrance to Kennedy Airport. They're standing on the Bell Parkway. Aren't you disheartened? Well, you know, I was going around college campuses in the early 2000s when this whole phenomenon of Israel Apartheid Week uh, started. and you know, What they call it? Israel Apartheid Week. This was going on on college campuses. They would put up these uh, fake barriers that Israel put up in order to stop suicide bombers uh, during the intifadas, and they were putting these fake walls up and doing these uh, staged die-ins on the college campuses, and this is where it all got started. And quite frankly, I mean, it was it was visceral for me. I understood that, uh, you know, this if it wasn't stopped and, and I watched how and unfortunately the Jewish community didn't stop it. You know, they they said, don't don't give it too much attention. Just it's going to go away. It's not going to get worse. And I, I just watched it get worse and worse and worse. So I'm really not shocked at what's going on right now. And, and I think that the Jews that are shocked, I mean, they they, they should have woken up a long time ago. Somebody said to me not that long ago that the Jewish people are partly to blame. Um, 
and it feels uncomfortable saying that, you know, but they're partly to blame because of some of the people they vote in outside this country because of how sometimes even in this country they seem to get somewhat, uh, what's the right word for this, um, they think it's okay, you know, um, and they're partly to blame for some of this. I don't believe that's true. I imagine you don't either, right? Well, you don't want to blame the victim on the one hand, right? Right. You right. Know, that, I mean, that's that's ridiculous, and we've gotten used to being blamed as the victim. I mean, Jews and is, Israel have complacent is what I was looking for. Yeah, but I mean, you do have to ask yourself the question: if if a candidate that's running for office, and it doesn't matter what that party is, okay, if they're saying that their primary foreign policy priority is to fund the enemies of the Jewish people, you have to ask yourself: Can I, as a Jew, vote for this person? Yeah, right? they do all the time. Right. I mean, Joe, Joe Biden gets got a ton of the Jewish vote all the time. Democrats all over our country. And, of course, even here, you had the, the liberal group actually take over a couple of years ago. Now they're working, I guess, hand-in-hand hand with Bibi. I'm very confused by your whole government here, but you've got a very liberal group in charge. No, we actually have a strong right-wing government that won in the last elections. But when the war started, uh, Netanyahu understood that when we go to war, we go as a as a united nation. It doesn't matter if we're, you know, it's Wait, right didn't Bibi lose to liberals oh, not that long ago? Am I crazy? Well, yes, he lost. But, you know, we had here five elections in four years' time. Okay, <laughs> it was a very complicated situation. I don't think we have enough time to get into it. Right. But, but uh, they got him out for a very brief period they turned the country over to naftali bennett he became the prime minister even though 95 percent of the country voted for somebody else uh and he sat with everybody from the left every single left-wing member of the knesset even an arab party that had never sat in a government came in in order to get netanyahu out of course that government didn't last it, it lasted right, barely right. a year yeah. and then netanyahu won a stunning election just a year ago and he put a, a completely right-wing government in but once the war started he said you know we better in order to get international support and to get domestic support we need to bring sure. some of our challengers uh, our opposition into the government so he brought his primary challenger benny gantz uh into the government so yeah there's a few uh left-wingers sitting together but it's, it's a right-wing government here and the people of israel are are very strongly right-wing and they're only going to get more right-wing after well, October you say 7th. that yet there were public um protests here like we've got in new york for the from the pro-palestinians uh, anti-Netanyahu, all these, the parents of all these hostages, and I understand why, they want their kids out, but they're furious with Netanyahu. They, they, they gather every week in Tel Aviv, they call it hostage square. So, and, and everybody keeps telling me the same thing, anecdotal, that Netanyahu, once this war is over, he's done, he's out of here. You don't believe that's true? Well, a lot of these protesters were in the streets before the war. Right. So when that, during the election cycle, it was just anti Netanyahu protests or, or democratia, which means democracy protests here in Israel. And then once Netanyahu came back into power, he rolled out a judicial reforms package because the Supreme Court in Israel is a far left uh, and aggressive activist court that has been per, that's been preventing a right-wing agenda uh, in this country for a long time against the will of most of the citizens. And so he wanted to reform that court. And so then these anti-Netanyahu protesters, they latched on to this judicial reform, and then it became anti-judicial reform protests. And now, uh, unfortunately, that same movement has been hijacking this issue of hostages, and, and they're rallying under the premise of, what's called bring them home you've probably seen a lot of these posters bring them home yeah but when you write bring them home what that means is that you're putting the responsibility of the hostages the fate of the hostages on the israeli government 
It, the, the slogan should be release the hostages, sure. right? It should right. be on Put the Hamas. owners on the bad guys. Hamas is the one that yeah. took the hostages. And you know what? There's, there's another group of hostages as we speak are protesting the, the movement of humanitarian aid, uh, that's being poured into Gaza saying, how can you give them humanitarian aid while there's still hostages uh, inside Israel? But there's not that same anti-Netanyahu money that's being put into into covering those protests, so you're yeah. not really hearing yeah. about that as much. So, unfortunately, uh, some of the the hostage uh, movement is is actually been co-opted by the anti-Netanyahu movement to begin with. It is really unbelievable how much Netanyahu mirrors Trump. I mean, of course, and they were great friends, great friends. Uh, Obama and Netanyahu, not friends. Trump comes in, great friends. Netanyahu, Biden, let's be honest, not friends, okay? Uh, Netanyahu is smart. He, he's, he, he has to be nice to Biden. They need the American government here. They need our money. They need our weapons. They need our support, all that nonsense. But Netanyahu knows better. He didn't like the guy before him. He liked the guy after him. But he's so much like Trump. Right, Alex? It's, well, it's almost a mirror no, image. It, it's not really like that. No, I mean, it's not. Because uh, Netanyahu, uh, he, he's really a, a statesman. He's a diplomat. He's been the prime minister of this country for 16 years. He transformed a developing nation. Yeah. Into, well, you hate Trump then. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I, 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 Trump, I told you on the show, I think yeah. that Trump has been by far, you know, the, the best president that Israel ever had. And yeah. for people that don't like Trump and for all those personality reasons, and I totally get that, I tell people, I say, look, even if you don't like the guy and you think everything's wrong, is that even a broken clock could be right twice a day. And when it came to the Middle East, when it came to pulling out of the Iran deal, when it came to defunding the Palestinian Authority, when it came to declaring that Jerusalem is only the capital of the Jewish state of Israel, when it came to recognizing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights and saying that the settlements, the so-called settlements, which are just suburban Jewish towns, that you saw the other day, that these cannot be the obstacle to peace, and they're not necessarily illegal under international law. Like, everything that he did was right. And you know what? Those were the quietest years that I've ever lived in Israel was when Trump was the president wow. here. 